This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, there has been in the past week a serious escalation in the war in Ukraine, Putin's war. It comes with the news that Germany and hence the United States are prepared to send tanks. In Germany's case, the Leopard 2 tanks produced in Germany and they have also allowed countries like Poland who have the Leopard 2 tanks, to send them to Ukraine. And that is an important breakthrough because the Germans were reluctant. They eventually said they would send them if Joe Biden was prepared to send his Abraham tanks. That problem is solved. But now we have more news that Emmanuel Macron, the French president, has said that he may well be willing to send fighter jets to Ukraine. The F-16 fighter jets are very important. Joe Biden has said he's not prepared at this stage to send those jets. But undoubtedly, sending the tanks has upped the stakes considerably for Vladimir Putin. And it's a pleasure now to welcome to the stand Dmitry Alovsky. Dmitry has been with us before. He is chief editor of the YouTube channel Kordakovsky.live, and before the war, he was deputy editor-in-chief of TV Rain in Moscow. He moved to Lithuania when the war began because TV Rain was closed down effectively because it was getting too close to telling the truth to the Russian people. Dmitry, thank you very much for joining us. The first question I want to ask you is about the mood in Russia among the people and indeed among the people around Putin and Putin himself, their reaction to the news that the tanks were going to be sent, hopefully in time for the expected spring offensive by the Russian army. Hello, and thank you very much for having me. Uh, well, first of all, I wonder what is in time. Because it looks like uh, the majority of tanks uh, would arrive to Ukraine sometime, I guess, uh, this autumn or maybe even closer to winter. And it definitely will take some time uh, to learn Ukrainian soldiers uh, to how to use them properly. 
so I think that tanks are quite important, but it's not something that is uh, important these days when everybody, literally everybody, is saying about the new wave of escalation of the conflict, which might take place very soon. People and experts say that it might happen by the end of the winter or in the very beginning of uh, spring. Well, concerning your question, um, I think that um, Russian uh, political leaders are very much unhappy uh, to get the news that the West will supply tanks to Ukraine. And uh, they are always saying about mm, such a phenomenon as the red flags. Yes. Um, they always mention it. And they always say, okay, now this is going to be a next red flag. We're not going to tolerate this anymore. But when this thing happens, actually, the funny thing is that they move the red flags further yeah. and further and further. And it keeps going this way all the time. So uh, basically, when uh, the news about the tanks happened, um, I think Russian former prime minister and president Dmitry Medvedev said that um, it's uh, unbearable and it's uh, awful and it's terrible. And now Russia has nothing to answer except uh, nuclear weapons and yes. uh, started again the, the, the talks about the possibility of technical uh, nuclear uh, missile. Uh, but I think, I personally think that it will never happen, first of all, because of uh, uh, because Russians do understand that it will be the end of the world. And Putin and his fellows, they, um, as you know, they like very much their lifestyle. They enjoy yachts and yes. uh, palaces and so on. And they enjoy drinking wine, having time with pretty women. So I guess um, it's not time to die for them. For now, I think so. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> and secondly, you might know that Russian army is uh, pretty much corrupted. And uh, I'm almost sure that nuclear weapon from Soviet Union is uh, getting rusty all the time. And I'm not sure that anyone can use it by these days. Yeah, the military, the informed military view in Europe is, first of all, that the tanks should be there and the Ukrainians trained to use them within three months. And some people say even less time than that. But we'll, if we leave that aside, the Russian military, how prepared is it? I think it's quite important uh, to mention the new bombs and new missiles that uh, the US is uh, ready to supply to Kyiv, to Ukraine, and uh, which might bring um, um, lots of um, uh, pain to, to yes. Russian military officers and to Russian military command. These are GLSDB, uh, very smart and very cheap rockets that might fly uh, to the distance of 150 kilometers. Yes. And they can be used from high Marses. Uh, now the Ukrainian high Mars are, um, are, are firing rockets that go only for 80 uh, kilometers. So the new missile will double that distance. And that, um, that, uh, that means that uh, Ukrainians can now, um, uh, can now shield some uh, aims in uh, Crimea and uh, in the Kherson region, in the Lugansk region, in the Zaporizhia yes. region. So this, this might be a real game changer. So not the tanks, not the F-16s that right. will come, I don't know when, we'll see. But that's uh, missiles, GLSDB, they're quite important. How 
are the Russian public viewing this conflict at the moment? Um, Russians are tired of uh, the war. And uh, the thing is that they don't feel the war itself. They don't feel that their country is uh, uh, is at the war. Um, and um, I think they are tired of uh, TV coverage of it, you know, yes. because of the, the TV bad coverage news, is... because of the favors. Yeah, the TV, excuse me for interrupting you, but the TV coverage that we see occasionally here always consists of men or women broadcasters being very angry, saying outrageous things and giving the impression that they're speaking for Putin and they're speaking for the people. It's quite bizarre, really. There's no reason in it. They look like bad actors. Indeed. Indeed, yes. Uh, fair enough. Absolutely. And uh, they actually sound sometimes like uh, like maniacs or yes. something like that because they always say some um, very um, strong words about life, about death, that uh, the world shouldn't exist if uh, Russia doesn't exist in it uh, in its um, today's form. And uh, they keep on talking about it uh, for almost a year or even more. So uh, basically people and they are, uh, the viewers are uh, tired of it. Uh, their ratings are going down all the time right. because uh, they used to have some daytime soap operas yes. for um, housewives and housekeepers. Uh, they have uh, canceled all of them. Now all you see is uh, the hate speech that starts early in the morning and finishes closer to the midnight. Yes. So uh, no more soap operas, no more comedies, only war and only hate and only angry people who are actually, you were very right, who are actually very bad actors. The promotion to chief of the general staff of Valery Gorasimov and the demotion of General Armageddon, as he was known. Is there any significance in, the, in that? Because Garasimov is a different animal. We've been discussing this issue previously, and um, I've been thinking, thinking it over. Um, and uh, my conclusion is that it actually doesn't matter uh, who is the commander of uh, Russian forces on the territory of Ukraine. Because uh, the only commander is uh, Vladimir Putin. Yes. And uh, we know that he's uh, managing the war as he's a, a colonel or a brigade uh, general or yes. something like that. Uh, when he puts uh, somebody uh, in charge of this military operation, as they call it in Russia, it actually means nothing. It actually has only one meaning. Uh, there are going to be quite a lot of people um, in the tribunal uh, in some uh, cozy European city like Hague or Nuremberg or something. Yes. The question of the development with tanks and the promise, I think I saw Sergei Lavrov as well as Putin talking nuclear talk. You say that's just a bluff. The question arises about the West appears to have made its mind up, that is Europe and the United States, that there is no way Putin can win this conflict 
or even survive this conflict. Therefore, it's difficult to work out or imagine how it ends. Do you have in your mind, Dimitri, and in in general in the minds of your colleagues, a vision of how this ends? I've read recently a report uh, by Rand, I think this is uh, some sort of a uh, Washington DC-based think tank uh, who's working for Pentagon. Yeah. And uh, they said that um, actually um, it's very hard to imagine uh, the victory at this war um, who will be only like Russia's victory, like 100% Russia has won, yes. or only Ukrainian won. Uh, and I agree with that, guys. I don't think that um, uh, 100% victory yes. is possible for for anybody, for any for any side, for any uh, country. I think that uh, Putin wants to definitely he wants to uh, leave that territories uh, that he has already conquered for at this at this moment. And Ukrainians uh, will never agree to, uh, agree about it. And the Ukrainians definitely want Crimea back, that peninsula that was uh, uh, conquered as well by Russians um, in, in uh, yeah. 2014. Uh, yes, eight years ago, almost almost nine years ago. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think that it will definitely take some time, and uh, a lot depends on West and on their um, attempts and on their amount of military and financial help to Ukraine and uh, their braveness, because they cannot be afraid and they mustn't be afraid of that silly red flags that Putin, Medvedev or whatever is talking about. The red flags do not exist as they are moving always too far from, from the present. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, Zelensky is asking the United States and the European Union for some things that the Biden administration won't give him the fighter jets. The French are prepared to give him F-16s, and there are others in the West who would give him the jets. But for the West, the problem arises of how to manage Zelensky, how to manage expectations. On Friday, Ukraine will meet with the EU. They're having a summit to discuss Ukraine joining the EU. But it seems obvious that there will come a point where the West will have to say to Zelensky, his, what he, his stated ambition is to take everything back. But even Crimea seems a stretch to many in the West and that he is going to have to compromise even though he shows no signs of compromising. Would that be a problem for the West? I think that uh, the closer countries are situated and governments are situated to Russian border, yes. uh, the more eager they are to supply more weapons and uh, F-16s and tanks, etc. Um, I think that um, when West will hesitate and when West uh, will try to get a Russian perspective to the crisis, to the war, uh, like, okay, guys, let's keep Crimea to Moscow and Donbass to Ukraine. Yes. Or let's keep Donbass and Crimea. Okay, let it be like this. Uh, that will mean definitely um, the never-ending war and uh, never-ending crisis uh, in whole Eastern um, uh, Europe. Because uh, Russian government, Russian regime, Putin, uh, will never be... Mm, he, he, he will never be happy with what he gets. And uh, this is what West thought uh, uh, in 2014 when they tolerated yes. uh, uh, Putin uh, taking over Crimea. And uh, like uh, people in Europe thought that, okay, it's fine, he can take Crimea, uh, let's uh, keep on trading with him, let's uh, keep on like our international relations. Uh, it's not a big deal. Crimea is uh, Russian populated, so okay, let's keep it that way. It will never happen like that. And uh, what we see now, this war is uh, echo is an echo of uh, the uh, Crimean annexation. And uh, when Putin gets only Donbas, he will then drive his uh, forces to Latvia, to Lithuania, to Estonia, to Finland, to Norway. Russia has a yes. small, tiny Norway with the. Uh, border with uh, Norway. Yes. So he will never think, okay, guys, that's enough. Uh, West should understand that uh, only 100% defeat of the enemy will uh, solve the crisis for some years, for some years, because Russia, you know, it's a huge empire and uh, it's uh, not a time. We, I mean, we live in, 90, in um, 21st century, so it's uh, not time for, for empires. Empire has to die. 
Can Putin survive if he were to lose Crimea? Because he does have opposition to the right. There are people who are more militant than him on the right. We understand. Is that correct? Yes, yes, absolutely correct. So he's somewhere like in the center comparison to that guy, to those guys. And how influential are those guys? How does he deal with them? Can he afford to confront them? It's a huge issue for uh, Putin. It's a big unfunterable uh, that yes. uh, he has risen himself. Yes. And uh, he doesn't know what to do with them because it might be a good option uh, to make like some sort of political movement or a party consisting of that uh, conservative, cruel people who want more blood, more war, and uh, more pain, and uh, who want to conquer Kiev, Odessa, Warsaw, Berlin, and so on. Uh, but he doesn't know how to speak to them. He doesn't know what to do with them. So I think that the um, uh, Russian government in, um, in, in the issue, in the, in the problem of uh, speaking to their opponents, uh, they are not very smart. And uh, they, only, they know only one way to demolish them. And uh, it's, uh, it's very rude. It's very thug thing. And uh, it's very cruel as well. So I think that uh, far-right opposition, or as we call them, Z-patriots, I yes. think um, the, we, we won't see them for, for a long time. Uh, I think that uh, Putin and his guys are very angry with them, and I think they will terminate uh, this bunch of people completely. How afraid of that group of people? Who are they? Where are they from? Are they former soldiers? Are they politicians? Why hasn't he put them away? Does he have the capability to put them away? I think uh, he, he just uh, doesn't know how to deal with them because uh, he's always been dealing with the opposition who is saying that, man, you are like kind of too tough uh, and uh, you have to be more liberal. And he knows how to speak with these people. Yes. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, the the Z patriots they are they want more blood as I just said yes and he cannot say guys I will give you more blood because um, he doesn't know how to and uh, in uh, in the eyes of that uh, far right opposition uh, he looks like a coward and all his generals Gerasimov and Sorovikin they um, they look not very efficient. This uh, bunch of people mainly consists of um, former soldiers, former officers who are maybe fighting in the war of 2014 in Crimea and Donbass. Yes. But that wasn't very effective, and they were taken off. So uh, this is it. And uh, now they criticize heavily Putin and his generals. But uh, Putin hasn't decided yet what to do with them. Let me ask you, Dmitry, about Alexander Nevzorov. He was a TV journalist. He's just been sentenced to eight years in prison, in absentia, for he has a YouTube channel with two million followers. He's a TV journalist. Who is Nevzorov, and why was he sentenced? Um, he's a great journalist who was uh, at the very start of um, Russian free TV back in the end of 80s, uh, beginning of 90s. Yes. Uh, he was extremely popular. 
and uh, he's very charismatic person. Um, after some time, he was uh, involved into some like um, official state propaganda, but that was uh, way before the war in Ukraine and something like that. But uh, then uh, he decided to move to internet. He started his own Telegram channel, which is quite popular, yes. and uh, his uh, YouTube channel. He was also doing a program on TV Dost, on TV Rain, where I was working before the war. Yes. And um, he's, um, he's very sarcastic, and uh, he's very sharp, and um, he is, he's great. I mean, he's great, and uh, his audience it consists... Uh, both from youngsters and uh, from uh, from people like uh, fifty plus age, for instance. Yes. and he's been saying uh, he's been naming things as they are since the beginning of war. He was always saying that this is war and it cannot be like that, and that he's ashamed of uh, our of Russian government these days. And he had to uh, move from Russian, uh, so now I think he's somewhere in Europe and uh, in safety. Uh, but he's also very anti-cleric and anti-religion, uh, so that makes yes. him a very uncomfortable person for a current Russian regime who likes very much Orthodox Church. But Russian Orthodox priests, they are nothing like priests, and they call for a war and for blood even more than some politicians, you know. But um, this is actually a huge shame for our country and for our government that they are sentencing one of uh, Russian's prominent journalists to um, to such severe uh, prison sentence. So it means he has to stay outside of the country. Oh, sure thing. Yeah. Let me let me say that uh, like everybody who has an ability and um, a chance to stay away from uh, country, from Russia these days, should definitely do it and uh, never come back to, to the to Moscow and to other big Russian cities, to, to Russia, uh, unless Putin dies. Let me ask you about Navalny for a moment, who is also in prison, I think, serving, I think it's a 10-year sentence. Is he, as many people say, including Putin, an insignificant figure and of no importance? Uh, Navalny is a Russian president after Vladimir Putin. Uh, I'm, I'm almost sure. And um, what is happening now with him in prison, he, he's still very popular. And yes. uh, he's the biggest, uh, one of the biggest Russian opposition figures, uh, like since, I don't know, like forever. Yes. And uh, But what, what happens now with him is uh, he's... Uh, slowly dying in uh, Russian prison, uh, which is still uh, Gulag. Yes. And um, you know, where people uh, are living under uh, terrible conditions. But uh, Navalny lives in a, in, a, in a prison which is inside another prison. Yes, I understand uh, that. So yes. the terms for him are very bad. And uh, he's uh, spending like uh, weeks uh, in uh, in a cell on his own uh, because of some uh, because of some I don't know some his his button on his shirt for instance yes I understand some some rule is said to have broken yes yes some some silly some silly yeah. stuff so uh, basically there were some rumors that uh, he might be exchanged for somebody but uh, we'll have to see we'll have to wait let me ask you a final question Dmitri about your own feelings now. And, you know, you're in Lithuania. 
you have a good job, you're in your 30s, must you not think about the future and just go day to day? Or do you think about the future, about your country, about what has happened to it and what might happen to it in the future? Um, I think about it basically on everyday basis. Every day I think about how is it in Russia and I speak to like some of my, uh, some of my friends and former colleagues who still remain in Moscow for some personal reasons. And uh, I think uh, all the time about the moment when I will be able to come back. But, uh, you know, the spring is coming soon. Yes. And um, when I was moving back, when I was moving to Lithuania from, from Russia, I had only like my suitcase with uh, my personal belongings and yes. um, a couple of suits. And uh, I was, I, now I actually think that I left my bicycle in Russia. So maybe <laughs> I got to find a way, a box and somebody like to help me to, uh, to transfer it to Lithuania because I understand that I'm not going to be there uh, sometime soon, unfortunately. So I'm trying to live my life here in Europe, in Lithuania. And uh, I do understand that uh, it might take quite a lot of time for me to go back, but I have to do something with my profession, with yes, my, with my materials, with my programs uh, to make this happen as soon as possible. And a final, final question, sorry, <laughs> about this spring offensive and the hundreds of thousands, it's said to be 300,000 or maybe more soldiers that Putin has conscripted. Do you expect it to happen? And does he really have the quality of soldier required for the job they face? Uh, definitely he doesn't have the, the, the quality of soldiers. Yes. But I think uh, that, uh, on, on the other hand, I, I'm sure that he will uh, never sign another document like an act or order to conscript more people uh, because uh, that uh, was very unpopular measure. I think uh, what will happen is that um, uh, Russian military will keep on uh, taking uh, Russian men uh, to the army and to Ukraine, but doing it secretly, without uh, any publicity, just taking people from the streets, yes. from their offices, from universities, and uh, that might happen for quite a long time. Uh, Putin is ready to uh, put as many soldiers to Ukrainian war as he can, and uh, he's just uh, he, he's getting prepared um, to put his way to Kiev um, on the corpses and on the bodies of yes. the Russians. Okay, Dmitry, we're very grateful to you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Of course, we wish you well. Just to remind our listeners, Dmitry Alovsky is chief editor for the YouTube channel Kordakovsky.live. And he is living in Lithuania and is clearly a very brave person. We're very grateful to Dimitri, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.